Hey, hello and welcome back to Curiously Polar, the show about all things very north and very south. My name is Chris Marquardt and with me is Henry Paul. Henry, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am doing good. I am doing good. Um, <laughs> Your life is a musical as well? I'm not that. going to tell you why I'm doing good, but no, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good morning. It's a nice day and yeah. I love nice days. Uh, everyone does. Life is full of nice days. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, way to start a day by saying it's a nice day. We had that <laughs> we had that in ah uh, some morning radio when I when I was younger. There was this lady who always did these positive mantra things on the radio, and everyone was supposed to to speak along. This is going to be a good day, and smile at yourself in the mirror and that kind of stuff. So I did this this morning, and it does work. It does work. There you go. You should do it every morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I usually do. Um, So let's see what we are going to talk about this time. Last week we talked about a meteorological, that's a hard word to speak for German, a meteorological phenomenon, the magical diamond dust. Um, This week we're going under the ice. What is hidden under the ice? And where, where is it hidden and what is hidden? So it is hidden um, under the ice in East Antarctica, and it's hidden under one of the biggest chunks of ice, and it's a lake, Lake Vostok, named after the uh, Russian research station, which is close by. Mm -hmm. And Vostok also means east, which comes in handy because... It's in the it's east. in East Antarctica, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a very logical way to name it, I guess. Have you ever heard about Lake Vostok? No, I have not. You have not. Um, then, without looking into any preparation here, um, how would you imagine a lake under ice? Well, somewhere under the ice is land in Antarctica. So it, I would expect it to be a land-based lake. So it's, it's not, right. it's, it, I don't think it's a, uh, again, I don't know anything about it. So I'm just guessing. I, I think it's not like a pocket of water in the ice. It's, uh, it's a, a lake on ground and then there's ice over it. And I will, would expect it to be, huh, I know I, the, the closest I have is, um, walking under, under a glacier in Iceland. And, um, there it was this, this pocket of air. Um, so that was a few meters high, so you could, you could walk under it and over you, there was this ice thing and under it was a river flowing. So that's kind of how I would expect that to be. Mm, Okay. Um, am I close? Part, partly yes, partly no. Okay. So it, it is a land based lake. So it sits inland on land. It's uh, covered by ice, but it's not anywhere close of the ice cave experience you had. Okay. Because the, the ice cave is part of the melting process of a glacier. Right. So when meltwater drains through the ice, it creates uh, those beautiful tunnels and um, and caves. And, and it has like a time, beautiful translucent ceiling that you can exactly. see blue and green light coming through. And very crystal clear ice. So because the water just um, yeah, softens the, the ice. And uh, in wintertime, when the melt um, goes down, we have less water running through those meltwater channels, and then we can walk in there. That's a natural ice caves. Um, the lake under the ice 
is a little bit different because it's buried under more than 3.7 kilometers of ice. So it's two miles of ice on top of it. So we don't really have that kind of a cave there. It's more like the pressure of the ice changes the behavior of the water in the lake. So and that avoids the lake to freeze down. Even, yeah. Is it is it like okay? So so I know that ice under pressure turns into water. That's how ice skates work. That's how any sport on ice works. Um, you know, was it curling where they have these brooms and they rub the ice so they put pressure on it so to to melt it and uh, the thing whatever it's called. Uh, don't email us. <laughs> it's, it's floating on a on a film of water. So so the pressure of the ice keeps the water liquid down there. So is, is the ice in direct contact with the water or is there any pocket of something down there? Well, apparently there used to be a pocket. Um, the, the ceiling of the, of the lake is a new formed form of ice. So we have old ice, which makes the vast majority of the 3.7 kilometers chunk on top of the lake. But then you have um, also a thinner layer of fresh ice, which got formed from the water in the lake. So at a point, the surface of the lake gets um, chilled down enough by the ice itself. So it just starts freezing and it sticks to the ice uh, ceiling. And then you have uh, a thin um, layer of uh, fresh ice, which is younger than the big 3.7 kilometers on top of it. Uh, when and how was Lake Vostok discovered? It's dis it was discovered first in 1959. It's not that long ago. And um, it was discovered by a Russian geographer slash pilot called Andrei uh, Kapitsa. And he was just flying over uh, East Antarctica as part of the Soviet Antarctic expedition. And he came across um, a feature in the landscape that looked weird. It was a very flat, um, very even area. And he, saw, uh, he thought it looks like a lake, like a frozen lake. And he wasn't even sure what it is. And the scientists weren't sure about what it is until they figured out that it is actually the um, the ceiling, the cover of a lake. But that lake even uh, went further down, almost four kilometers down in the ground. And that's very interesting. So we have had the idea since the early 60s. The final... A proof of that, that just happened in 1993. So it was quite a long period where there was the idea of a subglacial lake. And then in 1993, technology was good enough to, um, to, to, to measure that lake. What, what kind of technology are we talking about? Because the, you said, how, how deep is it under the frozen ice? 3.7 kilometers. Wow. So that's very, very low. Um, so how do you look through 3.7 kilometers? Is there a, did they just drill through and see it? Or uh, are there like, I don't know, ground radar kind of things? Um, it's actually a different time. So they started flying over with, um, with airplanes, uh, measuring with radio echoing systems. And later on, they used satellites. And that's how they do it nowadays. They just use satellite data and measure different uh, consistencies of the, of the ice and see the underlying bedrock. And that's um, a pretty amazing way of, uh, of measuring it. 
So most of those uh, researchers are actually sitting in front of a computer um, working on satellite pictures. And then you have the field researchers which try to get a proof for the assumption from the satellite pictures. Uh. The first drill down to Lake Vostok, that is not that long ago. So it just t it took ages to get the technology up and running. It took years to drill down the four kilometers for, for the Russians. So that is really, um, really takes some time. So it's a, it's a big pressure there. Yeah, of course. Um, if you drilled a hole down there, would, mm -hmm. would the pressure br push the water up to the hole? Yeah, that actually what happened. So when they drilled down there the first time, there was so much pressure, the um, water was just um, gushing up into that borehole and froze immediately yeah. uh, because then the uh, atmosphere changes. So the freezing um, point uh, falls down of um, the, the freezing temperature of the water falls down and the water just starts freezing. Hmm. Yeah, it right. creates basically its own uh, pluck in that borehole. <laughs> Lake Vostok. It's also a, a very tricky thing. So there was a, a big debate going on was a, a big debate going on when they drill down there. They use, as we talked about in the ice core drilling episode, they use um, some liquids to stop the freezing of um, of the borehead. And uh, what they use is um, a mixture of uh, different chemicals, uh, including kerosene. And when you drill down there and you break through the ceiling, that kerosene um, the uh, um, uh, contaminate, uh, of course, also the environment down there. And what I figured actually later on is that in that lake, which is buried under 3.7 kilometers of ice, it's under complete darkness and has a pressure of 355 bar, which goes cl uh, closely to 5,200 psi of pressure. <laughs> It's, it has been buried for 15 million years. They found 3,500 different life forms, species in the water. Isn't and that they, amazing? of course, they have adopted to that huge darkness, to the pressure and to the closed environment of the lake. So when we drill down there and we add some of the chemicals that we need to drill uh, into those um, conditions, under those conditions, that uh, contaminates, of course, this environment. So uh, that was a, uh, a big debate. So the, the Russians stopped drilling there and, and they used a different technique to drill a second borehole years later. This is just this to be is totally amazing. I mean, we're, we're, this, is, this is like going to, to the moon or to Mars and bringing stuff back and making sure you do not contaminate, which uh, they, are, they are going great lengths. So this, this is kind of similar and this is very... Interesting. Can they can't they just heat up the the, the drill? I mean, wouldn't that work? The, um, kind of a of that technique they have used for the second uh, borehole. Yes, that uh, used warm water. Yeah, but it's much more um, time um, consuming and uh, it needs much more um, energy to to uh, make that drill mm. happen. But you you just span a beautiful. Um, line over to uh, space research and that's what uh, Lake Vostok is so um, amazing for because those conditions down there being buried for 15 million years under almost four kilometers of ice creating an environment down there which is pretty much 
out-of-earth environment. It's it a time capsule it, of sorts. It is not only a time capsule, it also gives us an idea of how the, uh, the, the, the condition, the environment could be on, for example, Jupiter's moon uh, Europa and yep. Saturn, Saturn's moon, uh, moon um, Enceladus. So what um, especially another scientists um, are thinking about is that if life can survive over 15 million years under such conditions on Earth, it might be possible that there is life under the huge sheets of ice, the ice-covered oceans on those moons. I mean, that, that's something we almost kind of glanced over, that there are uh, like hundreds of different life forms down there that it seems to be a thriving ecosystem. And that is, I mean, I, I guess we are mostly talking very small organisms. We're not talking any underground seals there or anything, but it, it still is amazing how life finds its way even in very, very adverse conditions. Indeed. And, and, and that saying, which came up in the 90, uh, 90s, is what drives research on Lake Vostok. Life finds its way. And that's pretty amazing. But one thing you have to remember is that the life that didn't spontaneously form in, in, in Lake Vostok, it was laid eons ago. And it simply managed to survive. It was there that this lake was formed way before the ice cover came. The ice cover just went over it and preserved it. So if life exists in the underground waters of Europa and Enceladus, life like still that, had yes. to evolve on these moons at some point in order to get down there. It yes. not just formed in that environment uh, just out of nothing. And that's something that also sheds some light on uh, space research, but also on... Um, the formation of life forms on, on other planets. And that's a pretty, pretty amazing um, research. And one thing to put all of that just in, in scale, the lake is a huge superlative um, on itself. It's measuring 250 kilometers uh, in length, is uh, 50 kilometers wide at its widest point, covers roughly 12,500 square kilometers, and that makes it the 16th largest lake by surface area on this planet with an average depth of 430 meters it has an estimated volume of uh, 5400 cubic kilometers making it the sixth largest lake by volume and the fourth deepest lake on earth just imagine that the fourth deepest lake on earth is is hidden under four kilometers of ice it's just insanely beautiful if you just picture that it's one of numerous subglacial lakes which are thought to be under the antarctic ice sheets it's um the 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 bed of the lake lies approximately 500 meters below sea level so it's <laughs> even deeper than uh, sea level at just all of that together is just really really beautiful yeah it is <laughs> it's amazing I'm, I'm speechless as you can hear um so Antarctica again being the land of of uh, superlatives of amazingly big things and very very impressive stuff even hidden far under the ice four kilometers wow so that is it for this episode of Curiously Polar we will be back in a week from now with more um, until then if you're interested in hearing more you can just subscribe to this in your podcast app 
Um, you find it wherever you listen to your podcast. We have a website, curiouslypolar.com. There are ways to contact us. So if you have any ideas of topics that you would like to hear on the show that we haven't covered or that we haven't covered in enough detail for you, let us know. You can also interact with us on Twitter at CuriouslyPolar or on Instagram also at CuriouslyPolar. We'll be back in a week. Hope to see you then. Bye-bye.